The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome into another edition of the Huddle Up Podcast. J.P. Shadrick with NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks, Jaguars.com senior writer John Osher as well. Give us a listen on the podcast page at Jaguars.com or the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, here we are back on Wednesday. It's rookie minicamp week. Uh, John Osher's to my left. Um, Bucky Brooks is way out to our left on the West Coast. Uh, hi, Bucky. What's up? Nothing. I'm really excited. You know, it's my favorite time of year. There's nothing I love more than Ricky Minicamp. Ricky Minicamp is what every scout looks forward to. It is a culmination of all the hard work. You now pick the guys that you want to pick, and you get to see them on the field for the first time. It's almost like unwrapping the Christmas gift. Well, they can have my spot, JP, the scouts. If there's a chair that they want that I'm sitting in at rookie minicamp, the scouts can have it. I, <laughs> I mean, because it's right up your alley. I mean, you're not going to be there. You're busy doing other things well, that day, huh? I'll be there, and I like rookie minicamp. Uh, no, no, I shouldn't say that. I don't like rookie minicamp. Uh, but – I appreciate rookie minicamp for exactly what Bucky says. And I want to ask him about this because it's always fascinated me. With rookie minicamp, I'm fine with because you do see the rookies. You get your first eyes on them. You sort of see them physically. Are they impressive? Uh, the one thing that's always stuck out about rookie minicamp to me, uh, I've been told this by multiple people over the years, you really can't tell if a guy's good there. But, Bucky, I've, I've always been told what you don't want as a scout is to be walking off the field that day, that first day, and go, uh-oh, this guy doesn't fit. You know, it, sometimes you can tell when they're not supposed to be there, and every once in a while, one slips through the cracks and gets there. Have you had that experience, and am I accurate on that? You absolutely are accurate. The number one thing that you want when you're a scout is when you trot your high-profile rookies out there, they at least look the part. <laughs> so, like, size-wise strength-wise and those things, they look like they belong on the field. And then what you would like for them to do very early in the deal, you want them to flash some of the talent that made you feel so strongly about them as prospect, whether it's making a play on the ball, whether it's flashing some physicality and toughness, seeing some speed and explosiveness. You want them to show something where you can look to your colleagues and nod your head and be like, yep, that's what I liked about However, there have been times where I've been on the field, and day one, you know, uh-oh, we might have messed this one up. And you can hope and wish that they'll change and hope and wish that they'll improve, but a lot of times that first impression, that first impression is a real one. And it's one that's deadly scars if it doesn't go the way that you want. And that's really, it speaks to the, as scientific as you get and as much research as you get, it's a projection business. And you're trying to lower your percentages of risk. You're trying to raise your percentages of hitting. But 
nobody bats a thousand percent. Sometimes you just get a guy in and you just know. It's like the biggest fear that you have as a scout is that the guy that you've gone all in on, the guy that you have sold to your coaches and your fellow scouts that, hey, he's going to be the one that changes the fortunes of the franchise. He is going to be the one to help us go to the next level. And you see him and you're just like, yeah, this doesn't look good. And you can kind of hope and say, well, maybe with some development, maybe with some time, as he gets comfortable, he'll be a better player and contributor. But a lot of times, man, those those impressions that are the first ones, those snap judgment, a lot of times they end up being the right one. And that's just against other rookies on the field or first-year players. Those are the only players that are out there usually. And there were some years ago they used to have uh, some tryout players would come in and they'd run 11 on 11. Uh, that kind of ended after the Dante Fowler situation when they had an 11-on-11 period and he went down first practice, rookie minicamp. So this time around, there'll be some team plays on one of the days, some 7-on-7 each day, 10 or 15 plays, but uh, that's really about the extent of anything close to live football, not live football, Um, mostly drills, getting guys acclimated is what this is about, John. Yeah, keep that to a minimum. I mean, as... A, you can't have contact anyway, so there is a minimum, but keep that safe. Uh, I've become more and more of a believer since the Dante Fowler incident, since more and more teams have gone this way. These guys train for the combine, and they're not doing football things for four or five months. Uh, How much do you really gain from putting a guy in any sort of a risky situation on May 8th? that he's going to be benefiting during training camp. Get him the information that they need to be able to be ready and compete and not, and most importantly, not get in the veteran's way during OTAs. But don't risk them in terms of injury. Buck, I don't know if you feel the same way. No, I feel the exact same way. And I think, um, John, you, you bring up a point that is, is one that is very valid. A lot of these guys have just been training for the combine and private workout and what they haven't done is they haven't put themselves in a position to get ready to play football from a stamina and conditioning standpoint from building your your body up to make some of the cuts and moves and some of the things that are required to play the game of football you're not ready to do it and so what some teams have done wisely is they've made this kind of like an assessment period let's assess where the players are Let's give them some base-level conditioning things to kind of get them going. Let's maybe go through individual and walk through team portions of practice. But let's not put them in harm's way. Let's not make them compete before they're physically ready to be able to compete. The Jaguars also announced the other media sessions for the off-season program. One open practice for media each week, John. I, I know you were kind of really eyeballing this schedule and what was going to come out of it the next few weeks because we know what you want your schedule to look like. Yeah, this is one too many, but it's <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's no, I, I kid about it and, and I exaggerate. I think this is the right way to do it. One open practice during the OTAs a week, and then three during the mini camp. Uh, it gives you six. Uh, this is fine. Uh, there'll be access uh, to the media those days. So uh, the getting to know you period, which is really what this time is for the public and the media. Uh, you don't. I don't think the media or the fans learn very much during OTAs 
about how the team's actually going to look. But there's a lot of value for players who want to be here in terms of learning the offense, especially in a new regime, learning new schemes. This learning process is very important for them. And for the meeting people following the teams, it's fine. It's some conversation for a month. And this kind of schedule allows it to be on the – I'm not going to say front burner, but on a burner in terms of the fans being able to see it. Uh, Bucky, I know – I know you'll be cutting the team after minicamp because this is vitally important and you can really tell what they're doing by running around and not competing. So, Bucky, I know you'll be here every day. If he loves rookie minicamp, he's really going to love OTAs yeah. and, the, and, the, and the veteran minicamp. Oh, well, now it just helps me be able to plan my schedule because before I was like, am I going to have to camp out in Jacksonville for three weeks to see what I want to see from the Jaguars? Am I going to be able to assess the young guys – the old guys, the new staff, what uh, they're putting together, what they concocting to unveil and unleash on the league when we have a chance to see them kind of perform in preseason then in the regular season. But now uh, it's made it easier because I only can go once a week. But I will say this. Uh, I think access is important. I do believe that you can gleam some things, uh, just early parts of the depth chart, seeing how guys are rotating in, um, being able to take, some of the messaging that you hear from the coaches, the coordinators about how they, their, their long-term vision for how the team is going to come together, maybe schematically, to be able to see some of those things play out on the field. I would like to have access to be able to see that selfishly. But if we're only going to get a day, we're going to see the very generic forms of what the team is doing, and we'll have to kind of connect the dots and kind of speculate what's going to happen until we really get around the team in training camp. Yeah, I think it's important for the reasons Bucky cites. And as much as I kid about it, I'll reiterate, for a new coaching staff with young players, this time's really important because you want to make sure that they know the schemes so that during the very crucial times of training camp that there's not guys out there during training camp who are learning and trying to catch up. You want them to know it by August, what is it, 6th when the pads go on. Uh, you don't want the guys at that point wondering, uh, are they supposed to be blitzing on this play, uh, thinking out there. So on that front, it's very important. I just, you know. Your face. I mean, it's a podcast. The, people can't. The but conclusion to, they your drawing face. from it, it is always what I love. Uh, oh, oh, this guy is going to start over. You know there's going to be a lot of that. you don't even remember it on August 10th. There, there will be a lot of that on social media see, and people trying to assume see. things. No, see now, you guys are being negative Nancy's over there because I believe you can gleam things when, J.O., you put your report down that, hey, such and such completed 21 of 25 passes and seven on seven and team period. And, you know, they're really pushing for the QB2 spot because we're tracking everything. We're looking at one-on-ones and determining who's the winner and the loser and pass you, you, you can't compete. There's no competition. It's not allowed. They got, it's they got docked the last year two practices for competing. You can't do that. You can't compete. Like, I know I, I know, ex-player guy thinks you're going to compete. You can't compete during OTAs. It's illegal. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. <laughs> you can compete against your fellow wide receivers. You can put your wide receiver at DB and run some routes against those guys. Right. Some of those things can be fairly competitive. All right, Urban. I understand that. <laughs> I understand that we are we are in a. We're, I understand that we're under punishment, but 
way to get some of that work in. A to B. We need to see from those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Plus two, John. B plus two. Plus two. Hey, guys, the Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us in the bank this season as head coach Doug Peterson and quarterback Trevor Lawrence lead the charge. Lock in your seats at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Well, if you thought you liked John's thoughts of the off-season schedule, wait till you hear his thoughts on the regular season schedule after this. Welcome back to the Huddle Up Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osher, and the Dailies play schedule moving along May 17th and 18th. The Lumineers back-to-back nights. Sting May 20th. Chicago May 22nd. And then June 4th is the Jacksonville Taco and Margarita Festival. Tickets and information at dailiesplace.com. All right. Let me make clear. (laughs) You all right? We're going to have some thoughts on the schedule right now. Yes, correct. You don't know what it is. That's what I'm saying. That's the whole point. (laughs) Because you, in the past, John, and Bucky, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you'll remember this. Your perfect schedule, John, is 1 o'clock Sunday, all 17 games. 17, 1 o'clock home games. Home. Because it's all about you and your preparation and writing after the game schedule. Home, JP, and preferably noon games. We can't have noon starts. So 17 or yeah, seventeen now, 1 o'clock home games. Uh, and I'm fine really with having the early uh, playoff games until the Super Bowl, which will be it. So that's yeah. my ideal schedule. Wow. Well, I mean – you almost got that a couple of years ago, remember? It was like yeah, the, there was the one Thursday year. night and everything yeah. else was 1 o'clock. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, w- I, I would take, if the Jaguars are good, uh, they will get more primetime games. I will take the primetime games if the trade-off is having them be good. Uh, in a minute, I would take that, but no 4 o'clock games. Well, they're never going to get them if they're not good, though, Bucky. Absolutely no works. 4 o'clock games, ever. <laughs> Well, there's going to be at least one on no, the West Coast. Not if I can. Yeah. Um, this would be interesting because I think let's look at it from a few different vantage points. From a coaching standpoint, uh, there are three different things that you're looking for um, in the schedule. The first thing you want to know is, um, like, who are the heavyweights on the schedule? Who are the teams that we're matching up with that are kind of like the measuring stick games? the games where we can see how good we are and how far we need to go to be the team that we want to be at the end of the season. You then want to make sure that you're looking at the schedule to see when are we playing our division game. The NFL has done a good job of putting those games at the back end of the schedule, but you just kind of want to see are they in order? Are there any of those weird situations and circumstances where we're playing the same team twice in a three-week period? Or are we playing on a, on a short week where, where maybe we have – a Sunday game, then a Thursday game, then we turn around and have a, a Saturday game due to high falls on the calendar. So you want to get those things. And then you really want to know how are you going to finish down the stretch. Teams want to be playing their best ball uh, November and December because that gives you a little momentum heading into January. And so if you're a good team, you want to kind of ramp it up after the bye week. From a player standpoint, the number one thing that you're looking at, when is the bye week? And is it positioned right in the middle of the schedule or is it early or is it late? Because that determines kind of how you want to ramp up your, your, your body uh, maintenance in terms of, okay, how do I need to build it up? Do I need to kind of set a plan in order with uh, my physical therapist, 
my masseuse, all this other stuff in terms of how am I going to be feeling heading down the stretch? Do I need to take extra precautions to make sure I'm at my best when it matters? And then the final thing is like, who are we kicking off the season with? Because no matter what these players say, everyone gets excited week one. Everyone is undefeated. And we all know that momentum is built in the early part of the season. If you can get out to a fast start, it really ups your odds of being a playoff team. It's true. Yeah. It's all true. And, you know, the, the Jaguars game in London already has been announced. The Broncos, October 30th. Usually, most years, there's the bye right after that. There was one exception a couple of years ago. The Jags played in New York. It was the 2017 next when they went to the playoffs. That's correct. So, do that again. I, so we'll see what the, the league comes up with this year. I, who yeah, knows my impression is the bye is not automatically after London this year. That's I don't right. know if that's set in stone, but uh, I heard that somewhere that's not necessarily the case. There have been times, I believe, I, I, I don't know if this is still the case. There was a time with the Jags where if a team wanted the bye after the international game, they would almost always get it, if I'm remembering that right. Uh, I don't know if that's still the case now. There's so many games now. It's kind of tough to give everybody that. It seems – I've always thought that's fair if if a team wants the bye. But in talking Mm -hmm. to the players in 17 and in talking to the coaches, uh, it really wasn't – especially for the Jags who had done London uh, multiple times, it really wasn't that big a deal to, it really wasn't that big a deal to play the next week. And with the reason they didn't want it that year, remember, they played the Ravens, I think, week three, and it was so mm. early that they didn't want to buy that early. So uh, I prefer a very late season buy, JP, but they mm. don't ask me. <laughs> no, they don't. They'll tell you right. Thursday at eight o'clock yeah. is what's going yeah. to happen, and that's when the NFL Network announcement is. Um, of course, the Thanksgiving games. Uh, you know, the Lions and Cowboys will host. They haven't announced the night game yet. Christmas will be the same schedule, timing of three games. They've announced the Broncos at Rams on Christmas Day at four thirty. The middle game of that trio. Most every other game will be on Saturday that week. And then uh, they've announced the Cowboys at Packers. Mike McCarthy goes back to Lambeau. That's week 10, November 13th. Uh, they've announced all the week two, or the big games Thursday night and the two Monday night games in week two. So they're trickling this announcement out. The big announcement with everything comes Thursday night on NFL Network. And Bucky, are you privy? Do you have some inside info? Do you have intel? Do you have any behind-the-scenes access to them. Just go to BuckyLeaksTheSchedule.com. Yeah, they, do you have, a, like, a burner account? I wish that I had a burner account. I am not working on the schedule release show, but I'm working on the pre-schedule release show. And so if I do get any insider information, JP and John, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll text you guys. And I'll let you guys break break the news so I don't well, uh, get in trouble out here. I don't name sources, so I don't know. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. John might, but but yeah, but but I am curious. Like I know right now we we worry about the Jaguars in terms of John wants all one o'clock games. But I will say from a player perspective, like there is nothing like playing a primetime game when the football world is watching. And so a Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night uh, game certainly is one that kind of excites the locker room because everyone knows that all eyes are on the squad. And so we'll see if uh, the Jaguars somehow get a game. It would be nice to see a primetime game, particularly if the team uh, 
evolves into being a really good thing. I think they'll get a Thursday game this year. Yeah, they usually do. They yeah, didn't absolutely. get any think, Sunday or Monday last year. Well, they haven't had a Monday night football game since 2011. Right. right. So there, think about that for a while, yeah. Bucky. That's that's a long time. Sunday night, I think, is a year longer than that even. An actual Sunday night football. Yeah, they had one scheduled Jeez. against the Steelers, remember, and then they – That's right. They got flexed out. Yeah, they, fle- uh, they got flexed out because they didn't uh, – you know, They weren't they winning. Were yeah, they weren't winning. Uh, so I believe this year – just putting you know, the pieces together, Trevor Lawrence was a rookie last year uh, with a lot of hype, and you had Urban Meyer, and they got a Thursday night game. Uh, I would be surprised, coming off 3-14 and 14 season, if they get more than that this year. And there'll be people who complain uh, that it's not fair. Earn it. If you're good and you have Trevor Lawrence, you're going to earn your way onto prime time. I don't expect them to have it this year because historically they haven't. Uh, that's something they can control. All right. So go control it. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to the announcement Thursday night. Bucky, you're going to have the pre-show on NFL Network? I will have the pre-show. I'll be on Total Access right before the schedule release show kicks off. I think that is uh, 8 o'clock prime. It's in prime time on the East Coast, 5 o'clock out here for the West Coast followers. Yeah, so. This isn't really. We'll see what it looks like. Yeah. Schedule related, but. Uh, it is schedule related. It's about who they're playing. The home, the home schedule has a chance this year to be tough. Yeah, if you look at it. I mean, the West is coming in here. AFC Dallas West. comes in. Yeah, uh, I believe Denver comes in. Uh, the Raiders come in, and uh, mm. four or five, and the Ravens. Yeah, that's right. And you now the Ravens didn't make the playoffs, and the Colts didn't make the playoffs. They're still but the uh, both of those teams and, are coming in. Yeah. Well. Would it surprise anybody if those two teams are two of the best teams? Uh, Denver is the only out-of-conference, and, and uh, they're going to be in London, but uh, Denver is the only out-of-division that wasn't a real contending team last year, and they have Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, you know a buckle up, and if, if they're going to be better, they're going to have to earn it. It's the NFL. I mean, it's tough, it's tough most no weeks. around here. Most every week, That's yes. Right. And look, man, in the words of Ric Flair, if you're going to be the man, you got to beat the man. Yeah, and I agree. So at some point, the Jaguars, if they're going to be a team that we talk about celebrating as a playoff contending, those things, they're going to have to knock off some of those teams that have um, great quarterback and great squads. And so yeah. last year, we happened to see the team knock off the Buffalo Bills somehow, some way they were able to do it. And so maybe they can kind of dig in the, in the bag and pull out a couple – uh, tricks and find a way to get it done this year. But we'll know, you know, because we won't really know what we have until we start looking at all these guys at rookie minicamp that's right. running that's around right. to help us. And so I'll be looking for really a important. season prediction yes. from Bucky Brooks on Sunday at the rookie minicamp. Sunday, we're going to yeah. need a, a, some numbers from you. If it's so important, that's what I want. <laughs> it's very important to see those guys run around. That'll do it for our podcast today. Uh, Bucky, have a great week. We'll talk to you again next time around. Yeah, man, you guys have fun. Be really excited. I can't wait to just sit by the computer and look for all the Ricky Minicamp updates from John. Well, he'll have uh, quarterback stats and everything. Yeah, Yeah, so we'll uh, 
So will JP. We'll be there, yeah. Buck. Yeah. We'll be thinking of you. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll think of you uh, and, and send you back all the intel. Uh, that's Bucky Brooks. John Osher, well done. Good to see you. Joe Fortunato. I'm JP Shadrick. Uh, listen to all our podcasts on the podcast page on Jaguars.com or the official Jaguars podcast network on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating. We'll catch you next time on the Huddle Up Podcast.